seasons in our lives um, and there are times and seasons for us all. Uh, time to stay and a time to go. There's a season actually for everything, Ecclesiastes. And the wonderful thing is that when we know God, um, we know that he's with us, whatever the season we're in. And really that is what I wanted to talk about this morning and um, I suppose over the next three weeks I want to explore a message which is having faith in rising tides. Um, I particularly wanted to speak um, into um, the current um, economic situation that we're facing uh, at the moment which um, you probably, unless you've been on another planet or maybe in a on a Scottish island somewhere with no internet, um, that you would have not been able to escape, escape these words and these words are the cost of living crisis. Um, that phrase at the moment must be repeated thousands, hundreds of thousands of times every day. Um, and uh, the simple fact is that uh, God wants us to, to, to empower us to respond to what's happening around us in a way that truly reflects his heart. And that's what I want us to explore together as a church family and talk about as a church family. How does God want us to respond to what's happening right now in the world around us? And that means in, in our families and in our communities because this is something which, whether we like it or not, um, we are having to walk through at the moment and maybe for, a, for some time. So I just want to pray actually to begin with and then we're going we're gonna to tuck into this and see what God wants to say to us. But shall we pray together and just ask God to help us? Father, we... We really do um, acknowledge that we need your help. Uh, the idea that we know everything is, is um, a very, very far from the truth idea. And um, it's not really important, the opinions that I have about this, but we realize actually the things that you want to say to us about this are really important. And they will help us to navigate well the coming season that we're in, the rising tides that we see uh, getting higher around us. And so Holy Spirit, would you take the words that the Father is saying for us this morning and would you cause them to resonate in our hearts and let all of the other words just fall to the ground. But I just believe that you want to speak to us at this time and so we want to listen to what you're saying. Okay, so for those of you who, who have been living on a Hebridean island over the last six months or so, put simply, the cost of living crisis is a term that's used to describe the situation where the cost of everyday essentials, bills, food, etc., increases faster than household income. Unfortunately, this results in households having to make difficult decisions and cuts to limit their spending. Wholesale energy prices increased rapidly from the second half of 2021 onwards. 
many consumers were protected, at least initially, but the energy, by the energy price cap. However, the price cap increased by 54% in April 2022, and Ofgem has announced that it will increase by a further 80% on the 1st of October 2022. The monthly increases in both gas and electricity prices in April 22 alone were by far the largest ever on a series going back to 1988. Some of you weren't even born in 1988. I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, but that was that was way back. That was you know in the times when um, when we had uh, Wham, calling the gang, Sade. Uh, anyway, you won't know any of those, um, especially you young'uns. Um, the annual increases to April 2022 were also the largest ever recorded on a series going back to 1970. That means even fewer of you in the room remember 1970. I was one in 1970. It shows you how old I am. I hear sniggers at the back. Also, many observers predict that the price cap, this is for gas and electricity, will increase substantially in January 2023. Um, at the moment, some of the forecasts um, is that there will be a further increase of 52% above the increase in October when it's reviewed again in January. And again, um, these increases at the moment are looking like they're going to continue into 2023. So I think it's important as believers, as followers in Jesus, that we don't pretend that there's not a crisis <laughs> you know often in the church um, we try to um, sometimes spiritualize and and uh, come from a very spiritual perspective that sort of says you know I'm completely above all of this because I've got Jesus and in one sense and we'll look at this this morning there is a, certainly a truth in the fact that we have Jesus but I wonder um, what place, what position that causes us to take in a situation that we're facing, what that actually looks like. So the overriding thing, obviously, that I believe that God wants us to do is to press into God and seek his face so that we know how to respond personally to what's happening how we should respond as a church family together to what's happening and also how we should respond as a community, people living in Hemel Hempstead, to what is happening. Um, God wants us to be a positive influence. He wants to influence you positively to have a great heart and mind in the midst of tides that are rising around us. He wants us as a church to have a positive influence on one another as we see tides rising around us. And he wants us to be able to bring a positive influence into our community, a positive God 
given perspective that will bring hope in rising tides. You know, recently we have been watching again that program, Saving Lives at Sea. Saving Lives at Sea. And recently we saw an episode where there were two ladies walking their dogs on seemingly a very flat beach when one of them put their foot down and sunk into what was mud underneath the, the, the sand and they couldn't get out. And they had, what, five dogs with them, I think, eight dogs with them at the time. There's two of them and their friend called the, the, um, the emergency services but she also got stuck in the mud and the tide started coming in. And it was interesting, you know, the lifeboat was launched, these amazing volunteers went and they rescued both of these ladies, they pulled them out, but you know, they were there in the nick of time. The water had come up to their armpits, so from here it had come all the way up to their armpits. And you know, the lady that was rescued, she says, that thought went through my mind, am I going to survive? Is this it? And, you know, sometimes when tides are rising around us, it can generate fear, followed by maybe panic. Um, not just necessarily of seeing what's happening around us, but what potentially could happen if the water levels that we see rising were to start to overwhelm us. Don't think that because you are a believer and follower in Jesus Christ, that, that tides of fear and panic won't necessarily come to your door. The question for me is how do we respond to that? You know, if we're all honest, and I hope that, that we can be honest this morning, sometimes I look at things that we see out and about us in happening around us and I think you know God what is going to happen to me you know how is this going to affect me how is this going to affect people that I know that I love how are they going to respond to it and we have a choice as we face rising tides to choose how we respond and so there's two things really that I suppose are in conflict with one another and I would say that they are a response that's rooted and grounded in faith and trust in God and a response that is responding to fear. And the important thing that we remember sometimes when we are faced with difficult situations is that fear is not your friend. Fear is not your friend. But fear is a very real voice that sits at the door and knocks. Especially when we're in a situation that is challenging, that is difficult. I think we all know that from what we walk through with the pandemic. You know, fear is a reality a voice that is standing at the door, but we know that fear is not our friend. 
But how do we respond to that? How do we overcome fear? Because fear always lies, does not speak the truth about the nature and character of God. Fear misrepresents the truth of who God is and what he does. And fear actually comes from the enemy of our souls. You know, Jesus talked about the enemy, the devil, John 8, 44. And he talked about the fact that the devil, um, it says here, you belong to the Father. This is Jesus speaking. So these letters are in red, okay? I love the fact sometimes that um, Jesus, when, when you're reading the Bible, you, you come across bits that, that jump out at you, that are counterculture, and they sometimes speak in a language that we're not used to. Um, I don't want to be a person that just embraces the woolly, lovely stuff in the Bible that I like. I mean, what part of Jesus do you want to embrace? Do you want to embrace all of him or just part of him? All right, this is Jesus speaking. He said this. He says, you belong to the Father, your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He says that he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And again, I just want to quote some more words of Jesus in John 10.10. And in John 10.10, Jesus says that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I, and this is in the context of him talking about being the good shepherd who lays his life down for his sheep, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. So even in rising tides, Jesus speaks to us as our shepherd and he says that I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. I have come that you might not drown, that you might not be overwhelmed by the situation that you're facing, but that you might live and have a fullness of life even in situations where there is fear and there is panic and there is people who are in crisis. So, so the devil, this is what Jesus is saying, not me, is the father of fear. So the fear that comes knocking at our doors is not our friend. But the beautiful thing is that God is the father of love. And through having faith in him, through choosing to trust in him and his truth, we can know a love that drives out all fear, that is able to combat any fear that might come against you. John 1, 4 verse 18, there is no fear in love, in, in agape, in God's self-sacrificing, selfless, unconditional love that is constantly flowing towards you, not demanding anything of you, but desiring and longing 
for a response. This is what our amazing God is like. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, the perfect love of our Father in heaven drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. There is often, in times of rising tides, the opportunity to choose whether we want to trust in our amazing God who loves us or whether we want to embrace fear that comes to destroy us. And I love this thing about God is that, you know, God is totally amazing. He's described in Genesis 1 as Elohim, which is talking about the supreme God of all gods, the maker of heaven and earth. Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God, talking about the supreme maker of heaven and earth, made everything, created everything. This is the God that we're talking about. And it's important that we remember that when we think about the fact that he has also the resources that we need for any situation that we face. That's spiritual, that's emotional, that's physical resources and provision as well. And often if we look and concentrate on the level of the water around us, what we will find ourselves doing is sinking in our hearts and in our minds. But what God wants us to do in this time, I believe, is not to look to the rising water around us, but to look to him. I'm not going to read the whole verse today, but we're well aware of, again, the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, when he talks about worry and anxiety and how to combat worry and anxiety. Go and read it. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, about your, your body, what you will wear. He says, how much do you think, how much do you think I care about you? Just, just for a moment, okay? I just want you to think how much do you think that God cares about you? Often we're thinking about, I can tell you how much I think he cares about this person and that person. But how much do you think, do you ever stop to think how much he cares about you? This is the whole point, actually, what Jesus is saying. If you want to combat anxiety and panic and fear, you have to, to know how much I care about you. I care about the birds. I care about the flowers of the field. But, but how much do you think I care about you? Do you think I care more about them than I do about you? I mean, it's a good exercise to have, actually. 
because I, I believe that this is the key right here to how God wants us to walk through the season that we're going to, we've started to navigate, but is starting to rise around us. The verses that I really wanted to, to look at this morning and just finish with, um, I believe, point to this focusing on God and focusing on Jesus. And these verses are in Proverbs 3 and um, verses 5 to 12. But I believe that within them are some brilliant truth that will help us personally to respond well to this season that we're stepping into now. You'll be very familiar, I hope, with these, these verses. Um, I want to read actually from the Passion Translation, and then I want to look also at something in the message, but I'm going to read this to you. I, I recommend you go home, and this week you meditate on these verses. Um, whatever translation floats your boat, it's also good in the, in the New King James Version. Um, but I just want you to meditate on this. Listen to what this says. It says this. Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. My child, when the Lord speaks to you, never take his words lightly. And never be upset when he corrects you. For the father's discipline comes only from his passionate love and pleasure for you. When it seems like his correction is harsh, it's still better than any father on earth gives his child. So, very quickly... Just a few things. First of all, we respond by putting our trust, our faith in God, the Father of love and the Father of truth. We trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. We 
rely on God to direct us and give us wisdom for every decision that we personally need to make. So we actively seek his guidance and his leading when we need to make choices on a personal level. This applies to fight your personal finances. It applies to your income and what you do with that and your expenditure. In a season where potentially it could be challenging, there is a wonderful, wise, loving God who is right with us, a good shepherd, to help us make decisions about how we manage our own money. I think that's a beautiful thing. The other thing that we do is we choose to walk in intimacy with him. What that means is that we gaze on Jesus, we don't look at the rising waters. We focus on him. We are aware of what's happening around us, but this is not our main focus. Our main focus is Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We delight in gazing on the beauty of the Lord and inquiring in his temple. We allow the light and the life that comes from him to wash over us. We seek to be closer to him and more intimate with him. We maintain a teachable heart, which means that we recognize that we still have stuff to learn and maybe we have stuff to learn practically that will help us to navigate through the coming months. We do something with lots of people called a cap money course. John, Caroline, um, Annette works with our cap center. We've got help down there as well that help people to manage their money well, anyone. To, to help them, the course helps them to manage their money well. You know, sometimes we benefit from practical help and learning and saying, actually, maybe I don't know it all and it would be good for me to learn something new. That means having a teachable and open heart. The next one is we continue to honour God with our giving. You know, this talks about bringing the first fruits of what God gives us and bringing them to God. Now, for me, my, one of the ways that I want to honor God and worship God is by giving to him. That's the first thing that comes out of my income every month. It's, it's my honoring and my worship to him, not because someone told me that I had to give, but because my heart owes God a debt that I can never repay him, and just in a small way, by giving to him, I am reflecting the love and my deep sense of gratitude for everything that he's done in my life. It's something that I could never replay even if I was a millionaire or a multi-millionaire because his salvation is something that I cannot buy. His gift of life is something that is not able to be purchased like a product. Sometimes in a time of hardship financially, we have to consider what is right for us to give and it's right that we should 
every month consider what it is appropriate for us to give to God. But you know what it says here? It says our giving glorifies God. It, it glorifies God. It rises as worship before him. At the same time, it's important to realize that there are some circumstances where it's definitely not appropriate for you to give to God. One of those is if you're in a situation where you have debt which is unmanageable. I'm not talking about manageable debt, you know, stuff that you can repay out of your income and not cause you to sink. But if you've got unmanageable debt, which means that if you pay it, you can't afford, if you don't pay it, you can't afford to pay that debt back, then what that means is that you need help. God wants to get you back on an even keel so you can get back into a place where you can give to him from your first fruits and not get sunk down. And the problem is that sometimes we don't want to ask for help. And I want to really encourage you to be in a place where you can ask for help if you need it and not just soldier on as if pretending that nothing's wrong. Keeping that that face up but in your heart you are sinking we don't want to create an environment where people can't be honest and receive help so if you do need help ask for help if you know someone that needs help offer to signpost them to where they can get help but God is the one that wants to help us just the, the last thing here is that these passages of scripture also point to the fact that God wants to, as we delight in him and choose to trust in him, bring healing, health to our souls, our mental health, our emotional health, and to our physical bodies. We've been praying this morning. But you know, one of the things that God has promised us is that, that we will be able to have good levels of emotional health sometimes we struggle with that but I just want to encourage you as you gaze on Jesus as you trust in him that he wants to bring healing to you and he doesn't want your emotional health your mental health to slide down so just to wrap this up this morning and talking about how we personally should respond to God these, I think, are just some pointers. There are many other things. But I want to really encourage you, really want to encourage you to allow God to speak to your heart, to allow him to show you how valuable you are to him. And what that means is that if, he, if you're valuable to him, he is going to take care of your every need. If you will let him, okay? Next week I want to talk about uh, stewardship, which is, a, I suppose, a very practical, more practical way that we can navigate our situation. And then the week after I want to talk about how we as a church can respond together to serve our community and to influence our community in the coming weeks and months. So shall we just finish by praying? Father, we just want to open our hearts to you and we want to thank you that you are the good shepherd and you are the father of love, not the father of fear. Father, we just admit that sometimes the anxiety that we, we sometimes allow the anxiety to, to come into our hearts.
You know, we don't always keep our eyes completely on you. And I just admit to that as well. But I just really want to pray for all of us, Lord, that you would help us in our individual situations to trust in you with all of our heart at this moment. Lord, that we would not give in to fear, that we wouldn't give in to panic, that we wouldn't believe lies that come to us in our hearts and in our minds about you that are not true, but you would release by the power of your spirit the truth of your words of life to us, Father, so that we can keep our eyes on you even when the situation around us is challenging and difficult. So as we start to just ponder this in our hearts, would you come and speak to us in these coming weeks and months? Would you truly inspire us to respond in a way that is a reflection of your heart? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this has encouraged you. You can listen to our other Sunday morning teachings here or our In the Limelight series where we chat with ministries and organisations we're connected with to dive deeper and highlight the amazing work they do. Get connected. You can visit us over on our website www.hhcc.org.uk or find us on Facebook and Instagram at hhccorguk. Bye for now and we bless you as you walk into this new week.